I'm teaching you about exceptional living uh, out of John 8, 36. Everybody don't look back there on the wall. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Uh, I mean, you understand that. Everybody understands that. Uh, some people, sometimes we read certain aspects of scripture and we embrace them. Sometimes we just know them and we quote them, some, but we don't experience them. Uh, I want you to experience exceptional life. I want you to go uh, beyond the norm. I was, uh, uh, and, I, and I'm thinking in, in areas, sometimes you go through, anybody gone through some heavy, difficult moments in your life? Anybody ever done that? You will find God show up in those moments. You'll find God show up in those moments. You really will. And uh, also you can, uh, but in your life, uh, do, do you believe in promotion? Anybody believe in promotion? Anybody believe in promotion? Wave at me if you believe in promotion, okay? Some people believe in it, but we're caught in a spirit of poverty. And that spirit of poverty says, not me. Somebody else will be promoted, but not me. And then out of that spirit of poverty, you end up in, in anxiety or frustration with somebody else. Somebody else gets promoted over you, and then you're just frustrated. And uh, rather than able to celebrate. But when you're God's children, you know that God's going to promote you. Anybody believe that? God's going to promote you and God's going to bless you. And you keep moving. You keep, you say, you know, like, like Joseph, you know, God's going to promote me. Why, why am I ended up in, 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 enslaved right now? Why am I in jail? Because God will even use those moments of brokenness, those moments that look as if it's the end for a new beginning. Boy, that's good. Anybody need that right now? Anybody need that? Praise Jesus. Exceptional, exceptional living. Uh, and we, we've used some terms, purposeful, peaceful, eternal, supernatural, empowered. And of course, you know, my, my favorite reality right now, because I've had people walk up to me and say, you seen that new Avenger movie? And I didn't know there was an Avenger movie. You know, I, I, it's not that I'm just totally out of touch. It's just that I, you know, when I was a boy, I pretended like I was Batman on occasion, but Batman was a new and new guy and he was in black and white TV. All right. And, uh, but over the years, I think I I haven't watched as many superhero movies because they just don't have anything that I don't have. You understand? My wife understands that, you know, so I'm, I'm supernatural. Did you know that? Somebody said, I'm supernatural. Say it. I'm peaceful. I'm eternal, I'm supernatural, I'm empowered. I always got a kick out of the Incredible Hulk. Anybody else? I thought the Incredible Hulk was great, you know. But uh, I remember he used to say this, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I get angry because he only had superpower when he got angry. And I thought, well, that sounds more like demonism than anything else, you know. Right? I get mad. I get angry. I do crazy stuff when I get mad. You wouldn't like me when I'm mad. Uh... Look, you're going to love me no matter what's going on I'm going to, because I'm going to be peaceful in whatever's happening in my life. I want, I want my life to resonate the presence of God. I don't, want you, I, I don't want you to just have to see me in church to know that I'm a born-again child of God and that I'm filled with the Spirit of God. How many believe in the Holy Spirit? Anybody believe in the Holy Spirit? Because if you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, you don't believe in Jesus. All right? Because what Jesus did, he did after... Uh, he did by the power of the Holy Spirit. He listened to the Father through the Holy Spirit. He walked in the power of the Spirit. Remember, the Spirit of the Lord descended upon him. Uh, and the Father spoke to him. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. We said, man, I wish that would happen to me. It does. It does. Heaven says, daughter, son, I'm pleased in you. I want my spirit to rest inside of you. And then you walk through the wilderness. And Jesus walks through the wilderness. He's tempted by the devil. 
And he's victorious over the devil. Some of us never get out of the wilderness. All right? That's because you're in the wilderness without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to go with you. Then he came out with power and walked into, uh, into Galilee and miracles and, and power uh, was in his life. And Jesus on occasion would disappear just to pray and talk to the Father. He'd come back out of a prayer time moving in power and great strength. And, and we say, why? What's the difference? And Jesus says, you know, I want the same spirit. I want it to be on, in your life. I want it to be in you. I want you to receive the Holy Spirit. So we think new birth is just so we can say I'm saved. New birth is building a highway for the Holy Spirit to come into your life. That's the new birth because the new birth is the spiritual birth. Now I'm born of the Spirit and the Spirit of God is inside of me. Now some of you may struggle with that. Well, what are you trying to do? Make me crazy? I'm trying to make you exceptional. Amen? I want you to be exceptional. I want you to be on, be, go beyond what you have. And uh, I, I want you to succeed. Some people probably get frustrated with me on occasion because of the way that I respond. Sometimes I should be more compassionate. I'm a very compassionate guy, but on occasion somebody will come to me and say, Pastor, I just lost my job. And I'll say, well, praise God. And that just sounds weird, okay? Uh, but it is biblical, right? When are you supposed to give thanks? In all situations. So why should you give thanks? Well, you give thanks because we're walking out of life in Christ Jesus. And the Lord has plans for us even when we don't think he has plans. Uh, and, and he will use the most broken times, right? I mean, you, you go through all kinds of stuff. The Reuben house back there, they can tell you a story about broken times, all right? Uh, and the house is burning down, jobs, mess, and all of that. And sometimes you don't feel like praising God. Can I get an amen? You just don't feel like it. You got to find yourself a hole somewhere and say, God, I don't like this, but you're still God. I didn't give up. I'm not cashing in my Jesus, right? I'm going to hang on to Jesus and trust in the Lord with all my heart. Like, come on, any, come on, Proverbs, anybody? Lean not into my, your own understanding, acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will direct your path. Yes, I'm going to preach today. So, uh, our purpose is to show you the way to exceptional living. I want your life to be better, and so does Jesus. But I am teaching today from the topic exceptional salvation. I want, I want you to be blessed abundantly. Is that all right? I want, you to, I want you to be blessed, and I want you to be a blessing. So I'm talking about exceptional salvation from Genesis 12 and 3. Uh, in Genesis 12 and 3, the scripture reads this way. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Read that. All the blessings, I'm sorry, all the families on earth will be Okay, let's memorize it better than I just did. Come on, ready? All the families on earth will be blessed through you. All right? It was nice reading it that way, but we don't take that personally. So find somebody and quote that scripture to them. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So here, here's the deal. God wants to do more through your life than you expect him to do. And, 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 and when, I, when I share that with you, I want you to see swiftly the response to this. This is one picture of the response. It is, it's a vision scripture for me, powerful scripture in Revelation chapter 7, 9 through 11. Uh, after this, this is John. I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Now, you know where we see this beginning? 
Go back to, you're going to go back to that Abrahamic covenant. And God says to Abraham, through you, all the families on the earth will be blessed. One really old guy who had no kids who was about to leave home with his barren wife. You see what I'm saying? And God shows up and says to him, through you, all the nations, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And then we go to Revelation 7 and we see this picture. We see people from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. And they're, we- they're wearing white robes and we're holding palm branches. White robes uh, was expressing the purity that they had acquired through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. They're waving palm branches, declaring that He is the King and the Lord of all. And they are shouting in a loud voice. They're crying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. So I want to, I want to focus on that scripture, and I want to enlarge the vision a little bit today. I want to, just, I want to expand it. Uh, I want you to begin to understand what God would like to do in your life. And again, some of you are struggling with this when I say God could bless all the families in the world through you. And you say, well, I'm nobody. You know, I just work down the street, some little store or something like that. And, you know, I, I, I couldn't do this. And I, I want you to understand the power of God. He gives us these illustrations. I mean, one great illustration is just take a rock and throw it into a pond and watch the ripples as they just begin to increase and they touch every edge. And, and, and I want you to know that the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit through you will speak a word to one person that can impact the entire world. There are folks that you are connecting with right now and you think, I ain't doing nothing. I don't even like those people. But you're loving people regardless of situations and out of that, God is healing families. God is touching homes and lives and neighborhoods. And you're just, you're just smiling going, going down the road. You know, you're just trying to be Jesus. Uh, but, but God can do great things. Am I right? How many believe God can do great things if we'll allow him? Now, I'm not trying to get you to say, well, I ain't going to do much. I'm just going to do little things. I, listen, I want you to know that God would like to do greater things than you believe he would do in your life. But at the same time, don't discount the small things. Don't discount them because God would like to do great things in your life. So we're looking at this uh, teaching, and I, I, want you to, I want you to embrace this reality That when you see this moment in Scripture, in Revelation 7, and other places that I will show you, uh, I I know that when I read this to you, it's difficult for you to capture it, okay? Now, I'm standing up here in front of you. I'm looking at this whole room, and, you know, I have Sundays like this. I look around this room. I'm just so grateful, missing a lot of people. I I guess, you know, the storm scared them or something. That's always something, you know. Anyway, uh, but, uh, but, but when I see you... I could take a picture, and, uh, but anybody ever taken a panoramic picture before? Anybody do that? And they're really cool, and they look really great. Uh, but here's the fact. Uh, the picture that I have right now is the greatest picture, the one that I'm looking at, this experience, this moment. So just look around the room. Just look around the room. Look around the house. Look around the house. You see anybody... Uh, 
uh, that, uh, you know, that you don't know? See anybody that you don't know? See anybody that you didn't see last week? See, see anybody that, uh, you know, a year ago, they, they weren't at church at all. Hey, you see anybody like that? You know, I'm looking around the house, see all kinds of different folk. I, I was asking earlier, you know, is there anybody that was born in the United States here? Anybody here born in the United States? Say, whoa, okay. Anybody born somewhere else besides the United States? Okay, all over the house, okay. Got anybody from Puerto Rico? Got, got anybody from the Dominican? Got anybody from uh, Jamaica? Anybody from? Haiti, you know, anybody, hey, come on, anybody from, uh, uh, you know, we, if they were all here, I could, I could name a lot of countries, right? I could. Uh, what I'm saying is, is that we are a diverse, a diverse community of people, and the Lord caused that to happen over the years. Somebody praise God. He's the one that caused that. But, but in, in telling you that, you are so spectacular. Look at each other. Say, you're so beautiful. Tell each other, we're so but, no, you really are. Now listen, but we are more beautiful when we are together. We are a small representation of what you see in Revelation chapter 7 and 9. A small thing. Now God always planned this. Uh, if, if we're, we're, in, in Revelation, if you look at Revelation chapter 1, uh, where we first see John... Uh, and John is in the spirit on the Lord's day. He's in a place of death. He's on the Isle of Patmos. He's been sent there to starve to death. He's there on a prison island, uh, and he just won't die. So it's the Lord's day, and so he decides to go worship. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I may be by myself, but you know it doesn't where, where, matter where I am. He's with me. So he's in the spirit on the Lord's day, and and the Lord. Uh, begins to speak to him and hears a voice like a trumpet and this is the voice I am the Alpha and Omega the first and the last you get that I am the Alpha say it I'm the Alpha the Omega the first and the last so you need to get this when you think God doesn't have a plan you need to worship him as Alpha and Omega as the first and the last before you were he was and he has always had a plan. He is not making a plan. He is not coming up with something on the fly. You didn't have a bad day and God's going to sit down at his desk tomorrow morning and say, hmm, what am I going to do about this? I just, I never saw this coming. God never says that. God never scratches his head, never does that. He doesn't say, wow, can't believe it. You know, he doesn't because God knows the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And if you, if you study the word of God, when he says, I'm Alpha and Omega, I'm saying he is Alpha in that he created it all. But he is also Omega, Omega in that he is the completion of it all. Do you understand that? He is at creation. He was, at, he was with Noah in the ark. He was, he was there with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, and all of that stuff. He was there, but he's also there when the Lord comes back and when the millennial reign takes place and he's still there at the great white throne judgment. He's there at the marriage supper of the Lamb and at the final ascension. Anybody with me on this? God is there. He is Alpha and Omega. He's not, God's not having a bad day. He's not saying, well, I, I just, I'm done with all these people. No, he's not. He knows what's going on. Confusion comes from the author of confusion. If if you feel chaos or confusion in your life, that's not God. That's the devil. God is the God of order, and he's getting things done in your life. Amen. So I want you to take some pictures today. I want to give you a better picture. That's a great picture. Amen. That's a great picture. 
But I want you to have one picture. Here's the first picture, a picture of all-inclusive blessing. Anybody blessed? Anybody ever heard the scripture, it rains on the just and the unjust? Anybody heard that? And we all say, well, it rains on the just. It's a statement of blessing. It's not a statement of cursing. All right, we think blessing is bad. That's because you've never lived in a desert. All right? I'm telling you, you know, uh, uh, the Galutus uh, here this morning, I saw Gabriel earlier this morning, but, you know, they come from Kenya where you, you can drill a well there and start a church. I mean, literally, a well. People need water. We just kind of take it for granted. What's the matter? What's wrong with my sink? I got to call a plumber. I'm having a bad day. No, a bad day is when there's no water to call a plumber to help you with. There's some real stuff going on in the world, right? So, I, but, I, but I want you to know that we've all been blessed. Somebody shout, we've all been blessed. God is a blessing God. He, he, he is a blesser. And uh, sometimes we say, but what about the wrath of God? Listen, even when you talk about the wrath of God, you're still talking about blessing. All right? Because God is not one way one day and another way another day. It's not like God got up one day and said, I'm just really mad at the world. I'm just going to stomp on it. He doesn't do that. God's got a plan, and, and when you see the wrath of God, it's all still about His love. So, got any parents in the room? Any, any parents in the room? Do you love your children, and you can be mad at them at the same time? Anybody like that? And if you don't make a stand right there, then basically the Bible says, if you don't discipline your children, then they're not really children. You see what I'm saying? Uh, if you don't discipline your children, you don't love your children, because if you love your children, you'll discipline your children. I'm preaching there, all right? Right? So God loves me. That means I'm his son. So he will discipline me. That means he will bring discipline to my life. Doesn't mean he always beats me like my daddy did, but it does mean, you know what I'm saying? It means that God has a plan. So I want you to understand this all-inclusive, and I, I don't need to read the scripture to you again. You've seen it in Revelation 7 and 9, uh, but it's just this beautiful, spectacular picture that we get uh, in Revelation chapter 7. If you know Revelation, anybody read that last book of the Bible, Revelation? Uh, it is a revelation. It's really properly called a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's, a, it's Jesus revealed to the world. So the revelation of Jesus Christ, you have Revelation chapter 1, John uh, is the Isle of Patmos, and he hears from heaven. He hears a trumpet, you know. Come on up. I want to talk to you, son. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So we hear that. And then as you continue in Revelation, how many read the, the letters to the seven churches of Revelation? I've taught all the way through them on several occasions in my life as a pastor. Powerful scriptures. But specifically, there were churches with their, those names. There is a church called Laodicea. There was a church specifically called the church at Ephesus. These churches actually exist, but at the same time, uh, some people, you, you take it literally, but you also understand the larger picture of it, and, and so we have some understanding of church age, that there are times and seasons of the church, but these are powerful words in, in the letters to the church at Revelation. I mean, the one that you probably remember, you know, I, I wish you were uh, hot or cold because of your because you're lukewarm, I'm about to vomit you out of your, my mouth. Anybody read that before? But, you know, you have to understand all the context of that. 
You understand context. Let me shout context. The context of that is, is uh, where they were was like the center of where the water f- uh, would flow through the aqueducts. And this particular area, there are certain things that were prophetic. And the prophetic thing was, take, a, take notice of the way the water is right there, how it's come from a very cold spring, and now it's just kind of lukewarm. When it came from me, it was really fresh. I'm standing in this room right now, and I'm looking at all these flags and looking at all these people, and I'm saying that God has done a good work. And I look around here, and I say, look at what the Lord has done. And and the flags are just kind of prophetic about what He has done and what He is going to do in the future. But again, this picture is about all-inclusive blessing because if you read the letters to the churches and then you go to Revelation 4, uh, then you begin to read that Jesus uh, was able, this is the great declaration in Revelation 4, that they're looking for someone that can open the seals of the scroll. And there's seven seals on the scroll and they're looking for somebody that's worthy. And who is worthy? Nobody's worthy. And they have to look. And the only one that's worthy is Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. So Jesus is worthy and begins to open. And and we see the first six seals all the way up to Revelation Revelation chapter 6. And then there's like this pause. There's this interlude. Uh, And so by the time uh, we get to the scripture in Revelation 7, a lot of things have happened in the world. I mean, a quarter of the earth is basically destroyed. Uh, There's been famine and there's been pestilence, all kinds of uh, demonic chaos. But then we get to Revelation 7, people. So I don't want you to just look at the destruction. I want you to see what I'm doing in the middle of all of this destruction. I want, you to, I want to show you 12,000 people out of every tribe of Israel. And, and then if you look further, you find out how he's going to release. You like this? Release the 144,000 Jewish people to proclaim the great gospel of Jesus Christ. And then we see a number that no one can count. So I guess God could count it, but there's no way you can count it. Anybody been in a crowd like that? A crowd you just couldn't count. I've been in some crowds. I mean, you can put all the turnstiles up and get people walking up and down the aisles. Can't count them. It, people are just moving. But he says a number that no one can count from every nation and every tribe and every tongue. And, and when I see that, I love that so much. I was enjoying the singing this morning, especially when we get to Spanish. Uh, how many speak a little Spanish? Anybody speak a little Spanish? Wave at me if you speak a little Spanish. Poquito Espanol. See? Si? See si, me Espanol is grande. Amen? See? Si? Okay, how many know I speak Spanish? <laughs> I do speak Spanish. I speak, I speak church Spanish, right? Okay, I poder, poder, sin igual poder en Jesús. See, and it's really good when I do it, but I've been to church, Spanish church, several times. I've been to South America several times. So I, I speak church Spanish, you know, hola, como esta, Dios bendiga, hermana. You know, that's, I, I can do that stuff, all right? I got, some, I got some history regarding that, but it's fun when we're singing songs in Spanish and in English, and I look over and I see some people, and we go to that next part of the song, and people are just looking like, uh, Jesus, your name, I'm glorified, you know, it's... I love that part. How many sing it that way? Anybody? Or some of you just didn't sing at all. You just clap your hands and jump up and down, you know? Uh, But I want you to see this picture because when he gets, he says every nation, that's good. But some of us gringos think that everybody's singing in English. (laughs) Come on, where are you? And, uh, but here's what's going on. 
what's going on is there are people from every tongue, every nation, every tongue. So I can hear people shouting, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I can hear them shouting it in every language of their heart. Anybody know what a heart language is? I mean, for me, I have a heart language which is English, and I would like to. I, I can think certain things in a couple of other languages. For the most part, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling with English, but, but it's your heart language is how you speak the most fluently. And these people are standing before the Lord and they're singing salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Now, it could be also that they are all speaking a heavenly language now. How many like that? Somebody say amen. Amen. But here's what they're saying. From all over the nations, all over the world, there are people that are standing and they're singing this phrase. And here's why they're singing it. I'm standing in front of the Lamb of God he is the king. I got through so much. Many of them had probably died for their faith. You know what I'm saying? They're standing before the Lord. And when they stand there before the Lord, they don't say, look at my salvation. Look at what I have done. They say the salvation that I have belongs to our God who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. That's what they're saying. Come on. It's the mercy came from heaven. It did not come from me. You you get that? I could not save myself. I did not have enough money. I didn't have enough good looks. I didn't have enough contacts. I, I didn't have enough righteousness on my own. All the salvation that I have in my life belongs to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He poured out his mercy in my life. I love this. I, I like the Abraham covenant because the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 12, when the Lord speaks, first speaks to Abraham, he's, he's called Abram at that time. He says, Abram, get out of your country, Genesis 12, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and in all the families of the earth, and, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now, now I, just so you understand this, uh, anybody been in a, like a family reunion or anything like that before? Anybody been in a family reunion? Everybody's getting together. And maybe you got a stranger like me with you that just came for the food. And uh, you start trying to explain all the relationships of everybody. Right? Yeah, that is, that is her. And they used to be with. And so when, come on, some of you are looking at me really nervous right now. All right, I love it. I love it. I, you know, I've done, you know, it's just during the season, you know, springtime, I'm doing a lot of weddings and just so happened that I've done a lot of funerals. I mean, since March, I mean, uh, since mid-March, it's just, it's just, sometimes you go through seasons like that, but you get with the gathering and people start explaining things to you, you go, what? You know, and look at me, I'm going to tell you, it's always been that way. Anybody ever heard of Abraham? Say Abraham, say Abraham. Okay, so Abraham's an old guy, lives with his folks still, needs to get out of the house. Talk about a late bloomer. And God speaks to him and says, Abraham, I want you to get out of your father's house. Okay, it's about time. You're 100 years old. And I want you to go to a land that I'm going to show you. And uh, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you a great nation. Hey, God, I'm like 100 right now. And well, you and Sarah, <laughs> and Sarah's laughing. Really, that's what her name means. She laughed, all right? Sarah, I'm gonna, you're going to have babies through Sarah. <laughs> God. You are so funny. And so this is what happens. They leave, 
And uh, it's been a while. Abraham lies on the journey. Anybody knows that Abraham lied? Come on, anybody else ever lied before? Where are you? Okay, so Abraham lied. He was going through one kingdom and there's, he knew that his wife, though she was pushing 100 years old herself, was still a looker. And they walk, he says, he, they, they get the word that they're looking at his family. He says, no, that's not my wife. She's sister. She's a family member. So they take her away from him. So he lied. How many know when you lie and you're getting in trouble? Anybody know that? Say, no, it's working for me. No, don't work. And he, he ended up losing his wife. But his wife, Sarah, has still got promise on her. I don't know if you're hearing me. And because the promise was, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who cursed you, the people who took her began to feel cursing in their family. Anybody heard this before? There's all kinds of stories in the Old Testament like this. They say, hey, wait, 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 Abraham, something's wrong here. Who is she? That's my wife. Take her back. <laughs> Still, couldn't have no babies. Hagar. Who, uh, who, who works with Sarah, a servant of, of, of Sarah, uh, is there. She's pretty. She's young. She can have babies. So Sarah gives up on the promise of God, goes to Abraham and says, Abraham, look, ain't nothing happening. Take Hagar. Hagar goes in. Abraham now has a fling with Hagar. They give birth to a son named Ishmael. All right? And then, as fate would have it, Sarah gets pregnant. All right? And now Isaac is born, and Hagar and Sarah are not wanting to hang out anymore. They, they don't want to spend time together. And then there are like little words being said back and forth. Come on, church people. You don't know what I'm talking about right now. People just talking. Talk, talk, talk. Like baby shark. Baby shark. shark. Anyway, just <laughs> talking. I got some of you back just now. All right? So, and so here's what happens. You got Ishmael, you got Isaac, uh, Abraham, and Hagar have a discussion. You're leaving. You're not going to be here anymore. Throw Hagar out with the baby. All right? And uh, because of that disobedience, anybody know what's happened in the world? You know where that comes from? Anybody ever heard of Islam? Okay, that's where it comes from. They know that. Now watch this. But God blessed Abraham... And Isaac was raised up, and he becomes a man. And then what's he do? God says, I want you to take Isaac, your only son. I want you to take him to this mountain, and I want you to offer him a sacrifice. And you almost see Abraham, hey, God, uh, didn't think you were that kind of God, you know? And God's not, how many know God's not that kind of God? How many know God is not go sacrifice your children God? Anybody know that? But here's what God is also. You better love God more than your children. You better trust God. Anybody understand that? You say, no, I love my children more than God. That's why they're spoiled in doing whatever the things they need to do, all right? You say, I love my children. I just want them to be happy so you won't hold your children accountable to righteousness, all right? While they're in your house. You, can I get an amen? amen? So did I just throw that in there? That was free. I'm not taking an extra offering, all right? Now watch. Watch what happens. So... Uh, Anyway, God, you, you know the story. Abraham takes him to a mountain, and Isaac looks at him and said, Dad, uh, we see the sticks, and we see all kinds of stuff here. Uh, there's an altar. Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, Jehovah Jireh. He says, the Lord will provide. So he is learning now to trust the Lord. 
And Abraham lifts the dagger knowing that God will provide. How many would go so far saying, I know that God will provide? And then the Lord stops his hand, the angel stops his hand, and there is a ram that's caught in a thicket. And the Lord provided, come on, the Lord provided a lamb. And all of that is pointing because God is Alpha and Omega. Let me take you all the way to the end and let me show you Jesus hanging on a cross as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world because God, somebody shout, God will provide. Shout it, God will provide. Now there's so many other stories. I want to preach the whole Bible to you. I want to tell you about Lot. I want to tell you about Sodom and Gomorrah. I I want to talk to you about David. Anybody remember David, King David? I want to tell you about David and uh, Bathsheba. I want to tell you if I can just continue uh, about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Anybody remember that? When Israel had turned against God, Shadrach and Meshach, Meshach and Abednego began, I can't even say Abednego. Abednego end up getting thrown into a fiery furnace because they will not bow before the idol of the king. And, but they would not burn and they would not bow when there was a fourth man in the fire and he was likened to the son of God. And I want to tell you about Daniel who would not bow and he refused to pray to another God other than the one true and living God. So they threw him in a lion's den. But God shut the mouth of the lions. I want to tell you about Daniel who prophesied the coming of the Messiah. And I want to tell you about Isaiah and Jeremiah. And I want to tell you about the great prophecies of Ezekiel. And I'm going to take you to Luke chapter 2 and tell you about the birth of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The government is upon his shoulders. But I want to tell you that the, 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 the religious rulers killed him. But the plan was always, if you take me to the mountain and kill me, I'll rise again on the third day. And he rose again. The church was birthed. And some of the church was built upon the rock. And some of them defied the Lord Jesus. Some of them were Laodiceans, as Revelation 2 speaks of. Some of them lost their first love. But in it all, I don't know if you hear me. In it all, God was blessing us. In it all, I don't know where you are. You might say, Pastor, I don't recognize. Look, look, we know you can't hardly find. Look, I got to be careful the way I say that. People are going to throw me under the bus after this. Okay? We know that you struggle in your families and in your homes. We know that you have not all done everything perfectly. But God wants to bless your life. He wants to change your life. He wants to get you through this bad time. He wants you to stand up and walk righteously. And he loves you enough to discipline you. But even the discipline is the blessing of God. And when I get to, when I get to Revelation chapter 7, and I see a multitude that nobody could count shouting, salvation belongs to the Lord, they're looking back over their life and their old pictures. They're saying, I don't know how I got here except for the salvation of God by his mercy and by his grace Jesus I wonder sometimes what they sing is it any wonder that the hymn of the church I mean if I would say what's one hymn we should all be singing we'd all stand up and sing amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was lost but now I'm found I was blind but now I see anybody want to sing that you know what I'm saying say I hate it when they say wretch folks I want you to know that this wretch was saved by the blood of Jesus Christ Jesus 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 so it's a perfect picture of all-inclusive blessing. There are those I know that will not receive the grace and the love of Christ. There are those that will deny him. But I tell you, for anybody that confesses Jesus as their Lord, anybody with me? Somebody say, Jesus is the Lord. Say, believes in their heart that God raises him from the dead. Anybody believe that? You're going to be saved. Some people say, well, pastor, is that all you got to do? Really? 
you got to do. It's not about what you did. It's about what Jesus did on the cross. And then I see this perfect picture of unity in uh, Revelation 7, 9 of uh, every nation, every tribe, people in language. Uh, you know, over the years, God has had to break some barriers in order for us to be a church. Did you know that? How many know the enemy loves chaos? Did you know that? He just loves chaos. And he loves to build walls between people groups. He loves to do that. That's the devil. That's the devil. Can I get an amen? I mean, in Ephesians, there's actually, Paul writes about a, a wall that separated uh, the people, the, the Jewish people from, from the Gentiles. And, and, uh, and he said, but Jesus has torn down that wall of partition. Somebody thank God for that. He's torn down that wall. But the enemy keeps trying to build it back up. Uh, because God, listen, God loves unity. He loves it. Somebody shout amen. He loves unity. He loves unity. The enemy lives for disunity and chaos. He's the author of confusion. Uh, and, and in this world that we live in, if you think that there is a president that can actually rise up and heal all the disunity, if, come on, if you think that somehow there is a ruler, a government official that has all the answers to fix the division, he's going to come up and come up with a new law. You see what I'm saying? The only one that will be able to fix the disunity is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Amen. Come on, amen? And you have a picture of that right now. Unity is beautiful. David writes in Psalm 133, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Come on, we're brothers and sisters, amen? To dwell together in unity. We believe in one God. Come on, one Lord, eternally existing, right? We believe in Jesus Christ. Anybody believe in Him? Anybody believe in the cross? We're unified. I don't care how broken you are. Welcome to freedom. Amen. And uh, uh, let me let me wrap. I got it. We also have a picture here, a powerful testimony in Revelation seven. In Revelation seven, we see people. I mean, if they could have just all walked up one at a time and given their testimony. Anybody got a testimony in the house? One of the things that I love is. Um, this story in Luke chapter 5. The Pharisees and teachers of the law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples about his eating with notorious sinners. I like that word. You like that? Notorious sinners. Well known. Some people are more famous for doing godless things than godly things. All right? Notorious sinners. We all know about them. Jesus answered, it's the sick who need a doctor, not those in good health. My purpose is to invite sinners to turn from their sins, not to spend my time with those who think themselves already good enough. But Jesus just dropped the mic and walked back over to the sinners, you know. Just. I think everybody needs some good sinners. Anybody need some sinners in their life? You need some sinners. Come on, you know why you have a hard time getting people to church? Because you, you don't hang around enough sinners. You don't. You got, you got people at work right now, and they're sinners. They say, well, I can't be around them because of my past. Okay, I get some of that. But some of you need to be around some sinners because of your past. You need to have some folks who call you friend who cuss. I do. You're sitting right here. But anyway, I mean, but I mean, cuss a lot, you know, dropping bombs and things. You don't have to participate in it. Okay. Your words need to always be seasoned with love, not bombs, you know, but you know, some of you don't have enough friends to win the loss for the Lord Jesus. And here's, here's what I've found in my life. 
I'm telling you, I have sat with people. And I'm, not, I'm not glorifying myself here. I have sat with people in some, uh, some of the worst conditions possible. Some of the worst conditions possible. And now they sit with you in church and love Jesus. And you don't even know their testimonies. Because if they told all their testimonies, it might be too difficult for the family to hear. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Powerful testimonies. Somebody said powerful, powerful, amazing testimonies. I, I just, I love testimonies. Uh, I love, I love, I need, listen, if you go to a restaurant and see me sitting with people you don't know, don't be surprised. Okay? Because there are people that I love deeply that I need to spend time with because I need them to know Jesus. And one day they're going to have testimony that will rock you. And uh, it's not just me. I mean, it's you. So some good, I love good testimonies. Now, this is not the rockiest testimony in the world. Lisa, where are you? Felicia Sturgis. Come here, Felicia. Would you welcome Felicia to the platform? Okay, welcome, Felicia. I remember when I met you, all right? I remember when I met you. I remember when you first came to Freedom. Uh, wow. What a journey over the last 20 years, huh? Yeah. God's been good? Yeah. Step up here. Make, make sure the mic's on. Now it's on. You want to hear some testimony? Yeah. Yeah. Say, you need to encourage the sister. Encourage. Come on. She's not a preacher, all right? Anybody been to a Living Waters graduation before? What? Testimony, 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 testimony. All right. All right. Um, I came here about, about... Let's see, it's been a long time, at least 20 about years About 20-some years ago. And she's hardly 30, right? Never, no, don't say that. Okay. And, um, but before I came here, I was in a really, really dark place. Um, I was an alcoholic, and... My husband and my children came to Freedom first. And I remember the first time that they came home and my kids walked into the door. And when I looked at them, I wanted what I saw in them. They looked like they just had a bath, looked like they were clean, they were happy, they were fresh. And I wanted that, but I felt like it was too late for me. I couldn't have it, but I was glad that they did. So I just, kept sitting there drinking and then I met this lady Karen who came knocking at my door Karen Carr yeah. Karen Carr who's my best friend now and um, she's been trying to get me to the church but I've been hiding and ducking and every time I think she was knocking at my door I was sending kids to look to see who it was if it if it was her we wouldn't answer but this one day I just swung the door wide open and it was her and she came in with clothes for my kids, and she woke them up out of their naps, and she had them try their clothes on, and she sent them back, go back to bed now. So she started to leave and walked out the door, and she turned around and looked at me, and she said, um, I love you. And I looked into her eyes, and for a moment, it wasn't her. I felt like I could see beyond what was there. That she, it wasn't her who said, I love you. But then quickly it went away and I was like, you don't even know me. And then she gave me this hug that I never felt before. And then she left and I came to church later that night 
And I sat in the back, and I was determined that I was not going to do this whole Jesus thing because I'd done it before, and it didn't work. But then pastor's daughter, Felicia, stood up, and she sung this song, Draw Me Close to You. And when it said, I lay it all down again to hear you say that I'm your friend, it touched me deep inside. And I don't remember taking the walk up here, but I remember standing up here. And that night I gave my life to the Lord. I asked him to come into my life. And my friend Karen said, um, the enemy is going to tell you that this wasn't real, that it was just your emotions. But when that happens, start reading your Bible. I didn't have one. And when I got home, that happened. I felt like this wasn't real. And, but they gave me a pamphlet at the altar, and I opened it up, and I read John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, and whoever believes in him shall not die but have everlasting life. And I was laying on the couch, and the words just jumped off the pages at me. And I couldn't get off of, he so loved the world, he loved me of all people all the things that I'd done, all the things that I did to other people. How could he love me? He loved me. And so I got up off the couch and opened up my refrigerator and I had two bottles of beer in there and I went and poured it all out into the sink. And I've never been addicted to it ever since. Wow. Yeah, go ahead. This is an anniversary, too. Um, it wasn't too long ago after that that I did have a moment where I thought God was not real. That, And I can't remember the exact date. I don't know if it was May 6th or May 7th. May 6th, I believe. May 6th, 2000. I was here at the church, and we were at a funeral. Our friend had passed away, and my husband and my boys went on a father and son camping trip with the church and um, I was upstairs and we were cleaning everything up in the um, in the kitchen from the ring people upstairs eating and I saw Papa Steve coming to get you know one person at a time he would come and call them and they all walked downstairs and and I'm wondering what's going on and then he came back up and he got my friend Karen and she left and I'm like what is I want to know what's going on then he came got another person and she left and I'm like what about me but then Pastor Rick came upstairs and he was like Felicia let me talk to you for a minute so I walked with him and we came downstairs and he uh, opened up his door and I saw these people sitting there like they had been crying and I'm wondering what's going on and there was one seat there pastor said have a seat and I sat down and he sat at his desk and he looked at me and he said your son has gone to be with the Lord and I started looking at all these people and wondering who are they who are these people I've been hanging out with who is this God who is this God that I've been serving this can't be real and I looked around the room and I saw the scripture in his office that said I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And that was the first time that God helped me through this. And then Pastor Fonseca walked me through the sanctuary 
And he said, I want you to remember this is where you come to worship your God. And I'm saying, what is wrong with these people? He told this woman to start singing. Why are you singing? My son died. Why are you singing? But by the time we got to the back of the door, I felt this peace that just fell all over me. I couldn't understand it. But the last thing that God did for me that I hold on, I've been holding on ever since. I was laying on my friend's couch, and I was tired because we had so many people coming over in and out. And um, she said, go lay down. I'll take care of everyone. And I lay down, and I closed my eyes to go to sleep. And for the first time, I'd never seen a vision in my life before. And I saw my son Calvin, and I saw Jesus standing beside the couch, and I jumped up like, what in the world? And I heard the Lord say to me, lay back down and enjoy. So I lay back down and I closed my eyes. And he picked up my son and he leaned him over me to give me a kiss. And then he put him back down and he started to walk away. My son Calvin always had the biggest Kool-Aid smile. (laughs) And he was holding on to the Lord's hand and skipping along. And then with this left hand, he reached over his right shoulder and he waved by to me. And he just kept skipping along with the Lord. And that is what I've been holding on to to get me through. God has been good to me. say that we're blessed listen, here's what we're saying we're saying that no matter what we walk through he will walk through it with us I mean so many of those moments that she's talking about when she gave her life to Jesus prophetically for me when I say he's Alpha and Omega when I was an associate pastor at this church the senior pastor of the church was driving down a particular road and his car broke down and he left it there and it got stripped anyway so uh, and I always knew that was where I wanted people to come to Jesus and so I started going to that particular community and we raised up ministry right out of that particular community you hear what I'm saying and, and sometimes when I think back to when Karen went there and picked things up, how many know that God always had a plan? Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you think, well, my car just got messed up. And God says, no, I just sent you a telegram about where I'm going to save people. That's what I said. I'm showing you people that are broken and hurting. And I've never felt more close and never seen the work of God any more powerful than I've seen. Can I tell you one more story? Are you with me? It's not even one o'clock and we're eating together. So watch this. Here's what else happened. Uh, God in his mercy and his grace touched. Bobby's back there. Stand up, Bobby. So everybody knows where Bobby is. There's Bobby right there. Okay. So Bobby and Lisa touched them. I finished that. And I've told you it was the worst. It was the heaviest pastoral moment of my life to be doing a funeral for one individual And at the same time, get word of another death. They have to tell a mama that she won't see her child again. Those are not 
moments that you relish as a pastor. But as we finish the service, Bobby and Lisa walked down the aisle and pulled me aside and laid their hands on me and prayed that God would strengthen me and went into covenant with me that they would always be here and they would always serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I've never had that happen before. All I'm saying is this, that God is good no matter what you're going through. You understand what I'm saying? He's still good and He's still faithful. Can I get a, can I get a witness from somebody? Okay, which brings me to this closing statement. A portrait, a picture of His loving invitation his loving invitation read Revelation 22 this is the end of Revelation read this with me and the spirit and the bride say come and let him who hears say come and let him who thirsts come whoever desires let him take the water of life freely so the spirit and the bride the spirit and the bride who's the bride who is the bride we are the bride we're the bride come on the bride says, come, 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 and let him who hears say, come. You hear what I'm saying? The spirit and the bride says, come, and then there are those who we speak the love of Christ to, and they'll say, come. And he says this, and let him who thirsts come. You remember when you were so thirsty and you found Jesus? Anybody remember when you were so thirsty? The only answer to your thirst is who? It's Jesus. Who's the th- remember the woman at the well who thought she could get water that would quench your thirst? And Jesus said, if you would ask me for water, I would give you water so that you would never be thirsty again. Whoever is thirsty. You say, well, you don't know my past. Come on, Abraham had a past. David had a past. Anybody else have a past? He says, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Stand with me. Would you come on, stand? Let's give thanks to God. Thank you, Lisa. Would you applaud her and bless her for her testimony? Okay, so here we go. Watch this. Watch this. You ready to do this with me? Are you with me? Say, okay, Pastor, I'm working with you. Tell me you're working with me. Okay, Okay, here we go. One. Is the church of Jesus Christ in the house? Where's the church at? Wave at me. I want to see the church. People who believe in Jesus. Okay. So that's a lot of you. All right. I just bless the Lord. Just go ahead and bless him. Bless him. Shout. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Okay, stop. Stop for a moment. Okay. The Lord said to you, come one day, and you said yes. Just practice again. Just say it like you did before. Shout it. Yes. Yes. Because he said to you, come, and you came. Now you are the part of the church of the Lord Jesus. But everybody is not. You don't have to live as broken as you have in the past. The Lord would like to change things and give you an exceptional, an exceptional salvation. No matter what you've been through, no matter what the pain is, He'd like to give you an exceptional salvation. There are people around you that need an exceptional salvation. They've had like that mediocre salvation. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That that kind of, yeah, I go to church. I kind of like Jesus on good days, but on bad days, I'm not sure he's there. How many know Jesus is still living water on your worst day? I'm, I'm, I'm putting you to the task now. Okay? I want you right where you are to look around you 
And I want you to say to them, the Holy Spirit says you can come and have living water. Would you do that? Just look around wherever you are. Just look around and tell people. Tell the person right next to you. Say, well, they're already saved. Tell them anyway. The Holy Spirit says you can come and have living water. Okay, are you okay? Now listen, okay, have you done that? Now just like our sister Felicia Sturgis just showed us. Are you ready? I want us to have an all-nations moment. But we're not an all-nations moment just because we came to church and we're diverse. I want you to know that no matter what your brokenness or how messed up your life is, I don't care how many people you're married to, how many people you're sleeping with right now. Listen, whatever your mess is, hear, hear what the Lord says, the Spirit says, the church is saying, Come! Come. No, wait, I haven't gotten rid of my alcohol yet. Come! No, wait, you don't understand. You don't understand what I've done. You don't understand. i got to fix some stuff before I come. No! Come! Just as you are. As messed up, as confused as you are. Come! You're hurt. You're grieving. Come! Come! You don't know my past. You don't know what I've done. You don't know how many... You know what I've stolen. You don't know what I do. Jesus says, yes, I do. I know exactly. When I sat down at this well, I knew everything about you before I asked you questions. And I still love you. Are you ready? Take as many people as you can by the hand. Bless the Lord. Take somebody by the hand. But you got to squeeze up to the front. You might have to stand up on the platform too. Use the stairs. Say, Pastor, you don't know about me. 
Maybe somebody told me. Maybe I do know. <laughs> Listen, I don't care what your background is. I love you and we'll work with it. Some people come to me and they say, well, Pastor, what about people in same-sex relationships? Can I tell you something? God loves people in same-sex relationships. He loves all kinds of broken people. Why are we waiting for people to get out of their mess before they come to the living water? Am I teaching? Am I telling you? I got some friends I can't even be with. Who are you better than Jesus? So if you're here right now as broken as you are, now here's what I'm going to tell you, okay? I'm not going to have you lift hands right now. Are you holding hands with somebody? You holding hands? Hang on those hands. You can sanitize your hands later. We have little things on about Front door, back door, just I use them all the time. Hold hands tightly, okay? There are some of you that are so broken, and when you consider yourself, you're sometimes wondering whether or not you can even be saved. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that He is the Lord? Do you believe that God has raised Him from the dead? In your heart, do you believe that? Say it, I believe. Okay, if you're if you believe that, just squeeze the hand of the person next. Don't, don't break their hand. Just squeeze it gently. Okay. Ow! Yeah. Squeeze their hand. Alright. Now. Let's just praise God. Did anybody. If you. Just say bless the Lord. If. Somebody squeezed your hand. Shout bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Okay, now watch this. Some of you. In this room. You may have squeezed somebody's hand. But there's some heavy brokenness. And you're wondering. Because of some sin that you're involved in, some things that you just know that God's mad at you for. You got some brokenness going on in your life. I don't want you to lift your hand right now. But take a chance and squeeze the hand of the person next to you. Go ahead and squeeze their hand. Just squeeze it gently. Squeeze it. Okay? I don't want anybody to scream anything right now. But the Spirit and the bride say, Come. I want you to be a part of the great multitude that nobody can count. Wave your hands. I invite you, as impure as you believe you are, to partake of the purity of the Lord Jesus. Would you just say now, say this, I receive, say it, I receive living water from Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now watch this, watch some of you are afraid. Now what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You tell two people about it. First you tell Jesus about it. How many know Jesus can handle your story? Because he's the Alpha and the Omega. And your brokenness fit in his plan. Your brokenness is going to be like, you know, Felicia Sturgis coming up here telling her story. What? You can't tell stories like that. Yes, you can. You can tell stories. So I'm going to tell Jesus. Jesus, but the Word of God also gives us another thing. Tell each other. Don't let your mess be your best kept secret. Because that's the work of the enemy. The enemy loves darkness. Jesus loves light. So you need to talk to people around you. Okay? Can you do that? You got some brokenness in your life right now? Just squeeze somebody's hand one more time and now open your eyes and look at them in the face and say, Yeah, I got some brokenness. Listen.
tell them, this is what my brokenness is. Are you ready? Tell them. You can let go of one another's hands now. Okay, let go of one another's hands. All right. Now, listen. Right where you are. Don't run from me. Don't run from me. Here's what you do now. Get your arm around that person nearby you. Listen. I, here's, here's the good news. You're not telling somebody that doesn't have a mess. You're telling somebody who walked through a mess on their own. You are. You're talking to, you're talking to people who do not... There's nobody in this room going to heaven because of their good stuff or their good record. They're going on the record of Jesus. Okay? So this is what I'm concerned about. This is what is going on in my heart. This is what this is what I feel shame and guilt about. Okay? Go ahead. I want you to just go ahead and look at somebody and share it. Listen, after you share it, I want you to pray with one another. Okay? You've been sitting with one another, singing with one another. Now you can pray with one another. Alright? And if you confess Jesus as your Lord and you have given your life to the Lord today, I want you to make sure you tell a few people about it. But don't leave this altar area until you've talked and prayed with one another. I can't wait to hear all the testimonies. Email them to me. Call them. Walk up. Drag people up to me and say, this, this person just gave their life to Jesus. I want to hear it. Are you ready? Begin to minister to one another. Go. Go ahead and start. Go. Go. Minister to one another. Tell your stories to each other. You guys sing a little bit.